coming to you today from Studio One in the Radio TV building in Indiana University. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm your host, Bob Zaltzberg from WFIU, WTIU News. And today we're going to talk about parking. With the demolition of the 4th Street parking garage and permit prices being raised, parking is on the forefront of people's minds when they head downtown. Today we're going to talk about updates to parking and how it affects downtown development and any other issues that are related to the overall uh, issue of parking. We have four guests with us here in the studio. Talisha Kopik is the executive director of Downtown Bloomington, Inc. Michelle Wall is Bloomington Parking Services Coordinator. Scott Robinson is Assistant Director of, of the Department of Planning and Transportation for the City of Bloomington. And Danielle McClellan is the Executive Director of the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. If you have questions or comments, you can give us a call at 812-855-081 and 811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org, and you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. So thanks for being here. It's, parking is one of those topics that everybody seems to have an opinion about. And uh, so I, I want to turn to Michelle first. Michelle Wall came to Bloomington just a few months ago, just a couple months ago, to take on this job as uh, Bloomington's Parking Services Coordinator. What's that mean? Um, so it means that um, I am going to oversee currently I'm overseeing the parking structures and um, the long-term goal is for a holistic view of the parking system um, a high profile look at all the pro processes and um, actual um, policies that are being developed for parking um, coming from codes statutes and um, actually the community so um, I have Big shoes to fill. Unfortunately, there was no one in this position. This position is new, but um, uh, as a parking service director, um, I'm committed to the city of Bloomington and um, learning my new role. Okay. And you've done something like this before. Right? This is correct, but not in the city capacity. I've been a university um, parking director on several different campuses for my last 20 years. Well, and universities have parking issues <laughs> that might even be as bad as cities or, or worse. So, Talisha, I wanted to ask you about, uh, from the downtown perspective, I mean, you hear a lot about parking and from customers, from businesses, from employees that work downtown. So, um, can you talk a little bit about what some of the changes are downtown now and what are the concerns about them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a very active downtown now. That wasn't always the case. And so we've got 13,000 employees. We have 8,000 residents. We have seven hotels in the downtown now, um, 97 restaurants, 12 attractions. We have a very active downtown. And so, you know, each one of those people who come downtown to whether they're working or visiting or shopping or a client, um, you know, whatever their purpose, they all have different uh, needs uh, for and different ways that they get to downtown. So I think managing that whole big picture is really important. And I think, you know, there's been a commission established for parking. There's been a lot of people who've put a lot of work into it. And, um, you know, just kind of breaking it down detail by detail about uh, what does that mean and, and uh, how do we um, – how do we address all of those needs? So, you know, I think people are getting used to the meters. You know, they're understanding that, um, that they're making it a little bit more convenient. You know, downtown is such a destination for shopping sometimes. And so if you can kind of pull up pretty close to the shop you're going to is pretty helpful. Um, you know, some of the shops and businesses and restaurants, you know, loading zones are a big thing that um, they take turns sharing those areas and, um, you know, adjusting different schedules. Maybe they're doing some morning deliveries as opposed to like right in the middle of the day. So a little bit of that starting to happen. Um, you know, it, it, I think for, you know, people visiting downtown, you know, if you're coming down, they want to have some consistency and some reliability and, you know, some of the changes uh, with the garage times and the meter times, all of it being enforced uh, consistently was really important. And, um, 
so we want downtown to be a welcoming atmosphere. I think that's everyone's goal. Um, you know, so tips for how to find those parking spaces are always good. Like my tip is if I'm going to go downtown and park, I'm, you know, maybe a couple of blocks before I get to my destination, um, I'm going to take one if I find it. And so that really mentally that helps a lot. Um, so you've got short-term parkers who just need to pop in and out. And so I think meters are working pretty well for that. The long-term parking is uh, for employees um, is important. And uh, I think there were some more uh, unreserved spaces in the different garages that were opened up uh, so that there's more capacity um, for street garage being closed, obviously, um, has been hurtful to some of the businesses and customers. And so we do provide uh, parking at the convention center uh, for them, that section right there at Third and College between Walnut. Um, and then for some of the evening, um, the showers parking lot is available after five o'clock. So um, you know, there are several websites that give people kind of the latest updates. Okay. But it's an active, moving, you know, constantly moving puzzle. Yeah, well, Danielle McClellan is part of the puzzle. She's mm-hmm. with the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. So yeah, from your perspective, you know, what are the biggest issues facing downtown when it comes to parking? For the attractions downtown, I think that our lifeblood is the ability of our patrons to um, have an enjoyable experience in downtown Bloomington. And transportation and in some cases parking becomes a key element in their decision whether or not to engage in the artistic and um, public and political side of activity that happens in the John Waldron Arts Center, the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater, um, any of the different music clubs or the Wonder Lab, the library, all of those things require adequate transportation um, so that people can actually access them. For us personally at the BCT, um, when we're presenting an event, we're generally presenting a big-name music artist. Um, the ticket prices are anywhere between 30 and $80. People are definitely making an effort to have a special evening. And in those cases, the vast majority of those patrons have never complained to us one way or the other about parking. Now, since the closing of the 4th Street Church, um, garage, which we understand to be a temporary situation, um, there has been like concern and people are, are much more nervous about being able to find an available spot. But paying for it seemed to be, for the most part, um, something that people were willing to do from the very beginning. The biggest problem for us comes from our um, largely young and student-based staff Our 150 volunteers that are present at the 200 and some events um, that we have every show Um, and the ongoing ability for events that are specifically targeting audiences that don't live in the core area um, or maybe underserved audiences for any reason um, And being able to make sure that those people are able to come to free or low-cost events. The movie series that we present at the theater are $5 movie tickets for all kinds of different different kinds of movies and different kinds of patrons. And we have noticed, um, you know, that that's a a big difficulty. Finally, our, our... my dream would be that I could have a sold-out show at the theater that 30% of the people would take some form of alternative transportation to the show, a bike, a scooter, they would walk. About 50% of the audience would attend on a bus, and the remaining 20 to 30% would be um, coming to the show via car because that was the only way that really they were able to do that. Um, But that requires that we have adequate transportation um, for all of those types of transportation, not just cars. Well, that's a good time to bring Scott Robinson into the program. Scott is assistant director uh, in the Department of Planning and Transportation. So is Danielle's dream going to come true? 
Well, first of all, I want to thank uh, for you inviting me here today. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I, I hope I can answer some of the questions. But, you know, all our guests have brought up some really uh, important aspects into parking, and I would agree with, you know, Danielle's vision. I mean, I think that's the, the city's policy has been that way for a long time in trying to improve our transportation options and mobility um, and to recognize that uh, there are a lot – there's a wide range of needs um, – that we're trying to address, and, and that's certainly a goal uh, that the city has had for uh, as long as I've been here for 17 years of trying to have that multimodal aspect to the downtown. And, I, you know, I think one of the things that's important to uh, the listeners and all of us to remind ourselves that um, having a parking problem in the downtown is a good thing. Um, you know, I think without the vibrancy of our downtown, there's some communities you could go to where if there isn't a parking problem, that's probably signs of other things going on. So I, I think it's we're probably fortunate, um, you know, I'm looking at my colleagues here, that we are talking about parking and how to manage those things. And, um, you know, uh, that's certainly a vision I think that the city is working towards so that we do have that uh, kind of uh, ability for people to, to come into the downtown and other areas of the community in different uh, means of or modes of transportation. Can you just mention a couple other, a couple of things that, that uh, you think your department is working on? Maybe people don't think that much about in terms of transportation and trying to move people maybe without using their own car? Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a complicated topic, but, you know, a lot of people think that our department uh, runs Bloomington Transit, for example, which we don't. We certainly coordinate with the transit agency and, and help with their uh, various needs and what have you. Um, our department's involved with doing public improvements in the right-of-way or the streets, so you'll see a lot of things in the downtown. For example, um, we've implemented uh, ADA curb ramps on the corners of curbs. That's required for uh, various reasons, but again, that looks at some mobility and access issues we're looking at. Um, other roadway improvements, traffic signals, and larger roadway projects we're involved with. A lot of those, um, we start out with trying to have a complete streets mentality where we're looking at all modes and making sure that, the, that we're addressing those needs in those areas. So those are some of the things that we look at. Um, and it, very, it becomes very contextual as far as where it is in the community. Um, how do we try to prioritize some of those things? So, um, And in the downtown, um, because of parking, the on-street meters and the garages, um, that's part of the mix that we need to consider. If you want to join our conversation on parking, in the, particularly in the downtown area, but parking and transportation today, you can give us a call at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us questions to news at indianapublicmedia.org. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. Well, I want to talk about the 4th Street Garage a little bit. So I think, uh, Michelle, you're probably the best person to ask about that. So what can you give us a timeline for the 4th Street Garage and, and what's going to be rebuilt there? I know there was quite a conversation about that. Sure. Um, the 4th Street Garage is currently scheduled for later next week to start the demo. So more activity is work, is being done on the internal um, side of the garage at this time to determine how it is going to be demolished. So um, activity you will see starting later next week. Um, the timeline for this garage to be to be um, finished, hopefully totally complete, completed, is the end of 2020. And um, currently we have 346, um, I'm sorry, 352 in, in the old structure. And we will have it completed at a capacity of 550. So that's adding an additional 200 spaces to the downtown area. So how many other structures are there downtown now and how many spaces are yeah, still so, available? So currently there's a Mort, Morton structure garage is on 2220 North Morton Street. And that's 521 in capacity. And Walton Street um, Walnut Street Garage is 302 North Walton Street, Walnut Street, and that's 346. So that's a total capacity currently of 867. Okay. Spaces. All right. So uh, if you, you know, again, if you want to call, join us on the conversation, this is a hot button issue for a lot of people. And usually the second half of the program is when we get most of the calls. So if you want to get on the, the phone now, it would be a good idea. 812-855-0811 or toll free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us questions for the show at news at org. 
So I wanted to ask about um, some of the surface lots that there are around downtown. There, there are a few. Is there any, any um, you know, plan to try to reduce the number of surface lots or add to the number of surface lots? What, what, what's sort of the current thinking about surface lots? We've sort of gone to structures in the last few years. Well, I, I think I can jump in here and maybe help out a little bit. Uh, you know, back in 2018, the city initiated a parking study in the downtown, and um, there's several recommendations in uh, the study that uh, some of that's the result of the ordinance that passed about changing the rates, um, coordinating the enforcement times. That was very confusing. Hiring Michelle, that was one of the recommendations that came out of that study because there was no one voice at the city to help coordinate that effort. Um, and in that study, it does identify, you know, the surface lots. And, one, you know, one of the bigger things with the surface lots is kind of going back to that customer service management aspect that they were enforced at different times. They have old meters that aren't the same as the meters on the street. And so we're moving forward with making sure there's consistency with the lots. But I think to your bigger question, you know, no, I don't think it would be the goal of the city to expand the surface lots. You know, I think the energy is looking at the parking garages and, you know, ultimately we think, you know, at least from our department, the view is surface lots is not the highest and best use of a property. We'd like to see some of these surface lots go away in the downtown so we can have more active spaces for, you know, cultural events or more restaurants and uh, other things. And I think some of the listeners out there can remember, um, you know, some of the changes in the downtown with the increased residences, people that live in the downtown. That's changed a lot over the years and really changed the dynamic of the downtown. And, you know, I think that's kind of what our vision is with surface lots in general in the downtown is we would much rather have um, active spaces in the downtown where people could park in the garages. Yeah. So I have a question that one of the two of you hopefully can answer. But when when somebody like the Graduate Hotel comes in and there's parking in that hotel, you, know, you go to downtown Indianapolis, a lot of hotels have parking, and anybody can park in those garages. Are these the garages that they – the parking they provide for their uh, their customers only or can can general citizens park there and pay to my knowledge is just for their current tenant their current visitors mm-hmm. is that not. a is that a city uh you know rule like like i said like i mentioned in indianapolis there are a lot of a lot of those structures do have parking that's available for other for other people that it just adds to the parking parking so, capacity so i i can add a little bit to the uh conversation so this comes into play with uh, our zoning ordinance or unified development ordinance. So there's parking standards that are required for private developments. Um, Bloomington's fairly progressive in that, and we have uh, parking maximums. A lot of communities have parking minimums. So the minimum requirement is, you know, if you're a hotel, you have to provide X number of spaces. Here, our code says you can't provide any more than that, and we try to encourage to actually provide less. Um, we don't really dictate how each of those developments manage their parking. It's up to them to how they manage it. I actually believe the Graduate Hotel does um, have some spaces that people could pay for, but we don't get in the business of necessarily regulating how they manage their on-site parking. Um, that's the same with a lot of the residential developments that come in. We just kind of put a cap on, you know, try to set the caps on what the maximum amount that they can provide on-site. Okay. Um, so I wanted to ask Talisha and Danielle again about about the uh, you know customer parking downtown, but also mm-hmm. employee parking downtown. Uh, what what and Talisha, what have you heard from the different businesses downtown? I know that a lot of employees in the Fountain Square Mall would use the the Fourth Street Garage. I mean, what what are those businesses doing now in this interim time? Well, um, interestingly, and back to uh, you know previous conversation, people do get downtown in a variety of ways. They uh, so many downtown employees ride the bus. Um, they um, uh, have part time employees, so they don't necessarily need one space all day for part time. So they do some shared uh, parking, and um, they've been uh, the permit holders were uh, are parking at Third and College. The city's leased some of that space for them, and um, so. But you know that convenient, affordable parking for those people who need to bring their cars down is still very, very important. Um, and then for, um, you know, for customers, like I'd said, they, the meters are, they're getting a little bit more used to them. It does make them nervous though about watching for the time on the meter. So sometimes that can hurry up a, a, um, 
you know, what might be a leisurely shopping trip. But um, but even whenever it was a two-hour free parking, it was still the same way. You still had two hours to park there. And um, at least with the meters, you can ha- be there for extended period of time. Um, it's a dollar per hour. Um, but you're also a little probably more um, aware of the time that you have, whereas before when it was free two hours, you kind of forgot. So you got tickets through that as well. So um, I think, um, uh, you know, maybe some of the shopping's maybe more purposeful. One of the shop owners shared with us that, you know, they're coming down very specifically because they want to support downtown and they have something in mind that they want to, you know, so they're buying. Um, But, you know, we want to encourage people shopping, but then also dining and then go to visit a couple, go to a show. I mean, that would be the ideal. So getting that parking garage open as soon as we can is very important. It's it's kind of been an anchor for downtown um, development over the years. I mean, it was a whole partnership with uh, public and private together to uh, revitalize the downtown. Having said that, the parking garage where Scotty's was at 7th and Walnut has capacity. And so if people are looking to, you know, stay downtown for several hours, uh, the that garage at 7th and Walnut is, has capacity to park there, and they're pretty reasonably priced. It's 50 cents an hour. I mean, that's amazing. It's 50 cents an hour in covered parking garage. Well, it's, you know, it's funny. Talisha brought up the, the two-hour, you know, the famous two-hour shuffle, you know, when they were yeah. questioned about employees. And, you know, back, back then, the, the concern we had was that, you know, employees in the downtown were parking in the two-hour free spots and just moving their car, shuffling their cars around and taking it away from the clientele, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, I think that's what the, the meters have done a better job of managing those limited spaces. But, mm-hmm. um, again, kind of chasing the man- – how do we manage the parking system? And as you pay for convenience, you know, for being as close as you can. So it, it's good for people to come downtown often so that they can find where they want to park and get their spot and get their strategy. Yeah. I want to follow up with Danielle. I should have asked you this before, but what do you think that percentage is now? You know, you thought about your dream percentage. What do you think it is now? Well, we're actually going to um, conduct a survey here shortly in the coming year. Um, we currently send out a patron survey after all of the BCT present shows and ask people mostly what they want us to book next. Um, but we have not yet um, asked this very pertinent question. So we're going to include that in our um, patron surveys as we go into the new year to try and determine where that's at and track it so that we can see if there's improvement or um or uh, if, if it gets worse, in, which in our in our version would be that more and more people would taking individual cars to come to the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to your question about employees, the vast majority of our employees and volunteers at the theater come in at you know maybe three o'clock or maybe five thirty, and they're there until midnight, or sometimes two in the morning, depending on how long the show goes. And so for us, the biggest problem that we run into um, is the fact that our employees cannot take the bus because there is not a bus that continues running or enough buses that continue running that late at night. Um, And so we have, especially with our student staff, the younger generation is – you know, doing away with cars. They don't want to have a car. Many of them didn't ever even learn to drive. Um, And so they have actually no way to leave the theater at midnight. Um, And so this is really for us not an issue of parking so much as transportation. All right. We'll get into that in the second half of our program. We're starting to get a few calls and emails, too, so we'll get to those as well. But we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition. From the Milton Met studio at IU's Radio TV building, this is Noon Edition on WFIU. WFIU News covers south-central Indiana and the state throughout the day at WFIUNews.org and on Twitter at WFIUNews. 
You can watch unfiltered video of breaking stories on Facebook Live, and you can get a digest of all the day's top stories delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of the headlines, plus the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe now at WFIUnews.org. Okay, welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from WFIU and WTIU. We're talking about parking today with four guests here in the studio. Talisha Kopik, the Executive Director of Downtown Bloomington, Inc. Michelle Wall, the Bloomington Parking Services Coordinator. Scott Robinson, Assistant Director of the Department of Planning and Transportation. And Danielle McClellan, who is the uh, Executive Director of the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. If you have questions or comments, please give us a call at uh, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. You can also send questions to the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. We do have a question that was sent to the um, to the show by Twitter, when people are walking to downtown, do the drivers who are coming for the garages cause pollution and danger that detracts from the experience for the walkers? I guess that's kind of a big general question. I don't know if there's a, an answer that anybody can give to that. I do think that the Beeline Trail offers a fantastic alternative that helps avoid some of that um, potentially – like damaging environmental um, atmosphere around you um, and definitely know that many of our patrons take advantage of that as a way in and out of the city. Okay. All right. Anybody? Okay. I think we have a caller too. So if we have a caller, let's go to that caller now. Hello. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Hey. Yeah, um, I had a question. There's several times when I've been parking downtown and trying to use a meter, and the meter is set up so I can't put cash in. I have to use a debit or a credit card, and I'm wondering why that's the case. All right. Who can uh, respond to that? I guess I will try. Um, this is Michelle. Thanks for calling in. Um Currently, the meters are set up to take coins and credit card charges. We are investigating a trial project for kiosks to do exactly what you said, to take cash. Um, Right now, um, it is an opportunity to review this trial process that hopefully will last about six months for us, um, and it will be strategically placed um, in the city. So I'm sorry that you're having trouble um, but I mean, if you if you do want, we do have a pay by phone applica- applicate applicate. I'm sorry, you can use your smartphone and use an application called um, Pay by Phone, and um, download the app and um, pay as you go there. But currently, no, they do not take dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, my problem is that some people don't have debit cards or credit cards or smartphones, and if they want to. They can't pay with cash, so what are they supposed to do? Yeah, there's many, many instances that you can go in and request coins. Um, I know the operation that we're setting up on 4th Street. Um, in the 4th Street garage, we will have an office there that will offer um, coins if you need them. Um, you present us your cash, and we'll give you coins. There's also stations inside the garage that will give you coins as well. All right. Okay. Well, thank well, you. It, it, Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to point out that um, depending on when you're coming to downtown, there might be times where you don't need to pay for parking, uh, depending on the time of day. If it's a late evening, it's free. Um, we mentioned some locations like at City Hall after 5. Um, you can park in the city lot for free. Sundays are free. So, again, there's there's options where you don't have to pay at all, just depending on the time of day or where you're going. Um, and, and those options are located on the meter showing the enforcement hours. Um, through my observation, a lot of people are paying during um, non-enforcement hours, especially during city holidays. Um, the convenience and the incentive for people to come downtown is free to park. All right. If you have a question or a comment, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll free at one 285 9348 
You can also send your questions to news at indianapublicmedia.org, and you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. I want to expand out the conversation a little bit because the um, the UDO process as well as the – that's the Unified Development Ordinance process as well as the parking garage, the discussions about 4th Street have really expanded into the whole idea of climate change and are people going to be driving downtown and how much longer can we um, – you know, how can we subsidize parking? There are a lot of different issues that have come into this as a – Sort of, it's a it's a bigger issue today than it was maybe five years ago, ten years ago. So I guess I'm going to turn to Scott first because you're with the planning and transportation department. So you know, how do those bigger factors, those those big global factors, um, how are they sort of used to determine the the direction the city's going to go when it comes to parking and transportation? Well, you know, first of all, I uh, want to give a shout out to the people that are part- participating today in the climate strike. Uh, I kind of find it ironic that we're talking about parking in here, you know, the climate strikes going on today. But I, I do appreciate the question. I know many people in the community do care about those things. So, um, you know, big picture, again, I think if you look at the city's policies and the direction, we are trying to address uh, climate change in different ways with multi- multimodal transportation, uh, building other facilities that accommodate different modes, um, trying to encourage that as much as much as we can. You know, my involvement here at the city, we've uh, been focused a lot on bicycle pedestrian transportation, coordinating with Bloomington Transit. Um, you look at our, you know, earlier talking about Danielle with uh, walking and demographics. You know, the best information we have with census is Bloomington historically does very well with walking. You know, commute to work by walk. Um, people, we have very high ridership on Bloomington Transit. So we're already doing some things very well. The city right now is in the process of developing a transportation management plan, a TDM. Um, and what that is going to do is try to target our employees in the downtown and help educate people on how they can um, maybe leverage transit or other resources so they don't have to use a single occupancy vehicle. Um, and again, I think our goal is looking at the Structured garages, big picture is um, that might be it for the downtown and the surface lots could be put to higher best use uses rather than surface parking um, and other areas in the downtown. And, I, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about autonomous vehicles and, and what have you. Again, the, those spaces can accommodate those electric vehicles. Uh, autonomous vehicles are still pretty out, far out there. Um, you know, we're managing the system today as we know it. I think uh, I'd be perfectly honest to admit that as a society, I find us pretty bad at predicting the future much further that down than a few you know years down the road. You know, you said five years ago, nobody was really talking about this, maybe at a, at a higher level than that's happening now. But okay. I, I certainly believe that that's the direction we're headed and we're certainly aware of those concerns. Okay. We have a few uh, comments that came in actually before the show began a um, couple people that just say that that uh, the Fourth Street demolition has affected them. They want to avoid downtown as much as possible now because they can't find a place to park. Um, and then, but here's another. And here's a question that sort of goes to what you were just talking about with surface lots versus structures. I commute and work downtown. I have a space my employer rents for me. I expect that lot one day will be sold to developers. What then? So I guess the answer would be. Find a place in a structure, or find a different way to drive down to make well, it downtown. Yeah, I think going back to you know Danielle's vision, you know that someday I think there would be very uh, reasonable alternatives and the expectation that you'd have a a space dedicated for your vehicle that's only occupied you know a few hours a day. I, you know I think if you look at how we're structuring our, our available public spaces now, is we're trying to make sure there's good turnover. Um, spaces aren't sitting vacant. Um, you know, there's a metric out there about 15% occupancy. You know, there should be about 15% of the sp- percent of the spaces vacant, which is kind of a good metric to to measure um, your capacity. And so, again, I think the mindset of thinking, oh, I'm going to have a dedicated space there available for me 24 hours, 365, we have to start changing people's expectations on that, and we can do that through, you know, other modes of transportation, um, other ways to help manage uh, people's behavior, like I mentioned, the D- TDM, and looking at our enforcement and pricing and other strategies that we can look at to help address that. 
Here's another question that just came in um, on our on the web. Um, new rules are bad for performers and people in orchestras and bands. Carrying heavy equipment like drums is very difficult for multiple blocks. Can you address that, Danielle? They're right. Um, our commentator is has honed in on an exact problem, um, which is I think that in all of our conversations about parking, about climate, um, about how Bloomington as a community dedicates itself right now um, to changing the way we're using fossil fuels, um, there will always need to be choice for the type of transportation one needs, right? And if we can, as a community, actually organize ourselves better so that alternative modes of transportation are convenient, first and foremost, and ideally cheap or subsidized for those who are in need, um, then we are then able to utilize the parking that we do have in those instances when carrying a heavy cello is the reason you're coming downtown. Um, because in that case, you're going to probably need to bring your car. Hopefully you've got the flute player in the, you know, shotgun with you and, you know, a couple drum sets stuffed in the back on the sides of the cello. Um, but you have the ability to pull up to the venue where you're going to play, drop that stuff off, and then store your car somewhere. Um, but when you're coming downtown, when that cello player is coming downtown to be a patron at a show, they take the bus. Um, you know, walking may or may not be an issue or may not may or may not be a possibility based on the age or ability of that person. Um, but when we need all aspects of transportation in order for parking to be convenient when it's necessary um, and especially for the really the thriving heart of our civic spaces which are our performance and attraction venues the museums the clubs the theaters the library all of those places are our third spaces in the community and if they are in any way, shape, or form, like prohibited um, from access from certain aspects of the community, then they're not actually serving the whole community. And to me, transportation coincides with that much more strongly as an issue than parking. Mm -hmm. We have another question. Uh, this one, I think probably Michelle can answer, I hope. Um, I'll try. Maybe. How's the revenue from meters spent? Where does that what is that where does that money go? So currently, I do not oversee meters, but I can share with you the meters. Um, the meter money does go into a fund that um, pays currently for the enforcement officers. Okay, and how about the money that goes into paying for the garages? Is that the same as does all that money go to the same place? The money that people pay for parking? It does not. Okay. How about the, for the garages then? It's a separate fund to yeah. maintain the garages. Okay. Um, that's pretty much all I know at this point, but okay. ask me back and I'll probably have more information. All right, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, be I believe the uh, state code requires that the funds have to be utilized a certain way. So um, they are have to be specifically tied back to the purpose of the parking, you know, either maintenance or enforcement or what have you. So that revenue that comes in can't be used for other activities at the city. So, um, I, you know, again, I don't know the specifics on it, but I do know those funds have some strings attached, so to speak. Okay. Uh, we have about 10 minutes to go. If you want to give us a call, join the program, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington, 1-877-285-9348 in, uh, outside of the Bloomington area. At Noon Edition is our Twitter handle, and you can also get to us at news at indianapublicmedia.org. So earlier this week, there was a convention center meeting, and a lot of the discussion was about parking, five, the, the parking garage. Um, Steve Volan, a city council member, has been very vocal, and he talked at that meeting about uh, when are we going to stop subsidizing parking. Uh, if it's in high demand, let's make users pay for it. And um, I guess I, I wanted to ask Talisha, I mean, is that um, – 
a strategy that you would support. And maybe if Steve Volan is out there, he can give us a call and make sure that I didn't misquote him. So, <laughs> Well, um, you know, recruiting groups and visitors to the community is very important, and uh, supporting our local community is very important as well. Um, the current uh, parking lot is a revenue generating lot. Uh, we've just opted as the management company to rent that from the city of Bloomington so that then we can put the cost of the parking into the room rental that customers, um, when they're using the convention center. Um, but I, you know, going forward, um, it would need to be a revenue-generating parking garage as well. Um, I don't know that it would pay for that, um, just because, as you see, I mean, they're expensive to maintain, and um, but, you know, it could help go towards that. Um, so it's it's that whole question of being competitive with your whole purpose and, you know, not outpricing people, but at the same point, you know, being able to help with some of the costs. Okay. What about the... The garage that's being being planned for the trades district is that what's what's happening with that? Um, it is moving forward. We have an estimated count of 350 additional spaces being added, and it should be hopefully complete and estimated around the end of 2020 as well. So we have two major garages that are going to add at least um, an additional three, 550 spaces to the downtown vibrancy. And for those who don't know, the Trades District is uh, where the Dimension Mill is. It's on sort of the north, near north edge of downtown. Yes, right. south of mm-hmm. the Upland Brewing south, Company. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, just south of Upland Brewing Company. A lot of people know where, where that is. Yes. <laughs> okay, and now we have a question from Ann. Uh, how have the parking meters affected small businesses downtown? Well, um, you know, each business is different, obviously, and has a different customer base, which kind of plays into it. You know, you've got people who are used to walking a few blocks, and uh, then you've got folks who are used to driving directly and want to have a parking space. So um, we have differing opinions on that. Some people have said it's not hurt them at all. It's helped them um, just to be able to find a space. Some have shared that they... Uh, have been hurt by it. Um, I will say we've got the best group of merchants and restaurants now as a collective and attractions that, so we've got a really strong destination. So, um, you know, it's just, it's really important. Like if we want to keep that area thriving for people to support it and, you know, kind of make that extra effort to come downtown. I want to throw this open again to that broader question of, uh, you know, how does parking and transportation fit into the whole climate change issue? And I think, uh, I think a couple of you have already mentioned it's it's complicated. There's kind of a balance. I know when I hear um, a lot of discussions that I've been involved with over the years are, well, you know, if, if I'm uh, you know, I'm not college age. I can't ride a scooter downtown. I need to be able to drive my car downtown to park. There's a lot of conversations about, well, you know, yeah, but maybe you can get on a bus and mass transit would help. I mean, which, which, is there a, a way that we can decide which comes first? Do we need to do we need to really improve the mass transit system before we can make a lot of changes to, you know, the the parking issues, or do we just start, you know, where do we start? On this. I guess we have already started. Yeah. You know, I think downtown has done a lot to, you know, increase the density, uh, increase, uh, you know, filling up those blank spaces around the downtown. Those all used to be private parking spots where, you know, only the owner could park there. So I think having the city manage shared parking spaces, that means somebody can park there early in the day or somebody can park there to go to an event at 10 o'clock at night. So I think that's been a really important thing that more of that uh, shared parking has been pulled together. So you know, investing in a core area helps prevent sprawl. I mean, that's another thing that kind of goes with that whole climate change discussion also of bringing people closer in. Um, So, you know, mass transit would be awesome. You know, my son lives in Cleveland and they have an amazing uh, system. Chicago has an amazing system. We just don't have the number of people yet to make all of that work. Uh, So, you know, Scott, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I was just going to point out, uh, you know, 
for transit to work really well, you need high density and population. And Bloomington Transit does an excellent job serving the people that they serve and getting around. But when you ask the question about, you know, which comes first, well, it's a chicken and egg scenario. You know, obviously, we could have the best transit system in the world and nobody would be riding it because we don't have that kind of population to sustain a you know, a bus rapid transit system to and from A to B or what have you, or light rail. Um, so, I, you know, it's a balancing act, and we have to, you know, look at incremental changes. You know, I was sitting here thinking about, you know, the discussion we've had at DBI when I first came on the board a long time ago about the nobody was using the garages then with the two-hour shuffle. And the, the feedback that we would hear is like, well, Hoosiers aren't used to parking in garages, and, you know, we had complaints about they were dark and dangerous and dirty. We still get some of that stuff, but, again, I think people now feel much more comfortable using parking structures, and they're becoming more comfortable with the meters, and those are things that we'll have to continue to to implement those changes, and people have to have a realization of maybe different expectations on um you know, coming to the fact that downtown does change and it will continue to change. And, and that's, you know, we're trying to work on that and educate people and try to come up with creative ways to find that balance. All right. We have a phone call. Uh, it's Chris on the line. Chris? Hi. Uh, speaking to that issue of density, um, the parking maximum law is relegated to the downtown core and the upcoming missing middle law about duplexes, triplexes, and quadplexes is also relegated to the downtown core. And uh, the BCT example of not being able to run the buses at night due to the lack of density is why aren't those laws extended citywide so the parking maximums could uh, extend to the parking lots around College Mall and, and, um, and, and or the worst offenders in town, the southeast side of town, all the single-family homes, you know, have them become duplexes, you'd increase the density and then you'd increase the ridership on the buses. And so that, you know, there'd be those marginal hours of say like the night owl buses that we don't really have in town could be, could be extended. And so I think that's one example, like extending those legal boundaries away from the downtown core to citywide uh, is one way to do that. Okay. Yeah. You know, I did a point of clarification. The, the current unified zoning ordinance does have parking at maximums that does run across the city. It's not just the downtown. There's some different requirements for residential. There's some minimum standards that uh, are at play, you know, for single-family houses and what have you. But uh, the, the caller was talking about the middle housing uh, duplexes. That's something that's being proposed right now with the update of the unified development ordinance. And parking does play into all that. We still have... Uh, proposals being considered um, to deal with maximums and minimums and where these places can and can't go. And that's uh, a conversation that we're having at the plan commission right now, and we're expected to bring that before city council. So I would encourage anybody that's interested in that topic to stay tuned and, uh, you know, let your elected officials know where you, what you'd like to see with that. that. That's a big issue. We actually did a program on that a few uh, weeks ago that got into a lot of that issue. Um, what about the university? The university is a huge area um, of opportunity, of cooperation, and of tension sometimes. But when we talk about parking, uh, are there cooperative? And I know I should say Bloomington Transit and IU Bus has a cooperative agreement. Are there parking cooperatives that could occur between the two entities that's very possible as i was as i stated before i was at several different universities and i'm familiar with university parking um, um representatives from iu are on the parking commission and um we talk frequently um they have um desires and needs but i'm looking forward to collaborating with them in the future and currently we just talked on the phone this morning about certain situations so um Nothing's in the works, but I look forward to future conversations with IU. Mm-hmm. It seems as if, Parking I mean, Bloomington, Bloomington can't move forward on its own without Correct. IU being involved in some of these conversations, right? So we only have a couple minutes to go, so I just want to give each of you a chance to sort of sort of sum up where we are with, uh, with parking from your perspective. And, and Danielle, 
you know, you're still with the Buskirk Chumley for the next few months mm -hmm. anyway. So uh, from your perspective downtown, what's the state of, of parking? Um, well, I think the current state with the 4th Street garage being closed for construction is that it is challenging. Um, there's certainly still plenty of available parking Um one does need to be willing to either park and walk a few blocks um, or drop someone off, park, and then walk yourself. Um, so it creates challenges for specific types of audience members. Um, but again, we understand and know that this is a temporary situation and there was no real other option other than to close one grudge to build another um, I do think that ideally we have um, – that we are moving forward aggressively to make it more possible for more people to utilize more different kinds of transportation to access the core downtown from different parts of, um, of Bloomington so that downtown does not become a segregated area where you have to have lots of money in order to interact with it. Okay. I want to give Scott the last thirty seconds? Oh, the... <laughs> I'll make Sorry. it. I'll make it short. I mean, I mean, I think uh, the expectation is that we'll always be talking about uh, parking in the downtown, and we'll have other challenges and other things that we've addressed. And I, it's a continuum. You know, I, I hope our downtown maintains very viable and vibrant, and we have a healthy parking discussion moving forward. All right. We're, we're out of time. We're going to have to we're going to have to go. I want to thank Talisha Kopik, Michelle Wall, Scott Robinson, and Danielle McClellan for producer Benta Boutier um, and Mark Chilla and engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU Public Radio. A podcast of this program and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville, fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And the Herald Times, featuring coverage of local news, entertainment, and sports. In print at heraldtimesonline.com and on your mobile device. And the Bloomington Health Foundation, this September hosting the 20th running of Hoosiers Outrun Cancer, a 5K run-slash-walk supporting those in the community facing a cancer diagnosis. Registration and more at hoosiersoutruncancer.org. This is WFIU.